Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Good morning. There you are. Hi, I was just texting, thinking, is it Wednesday? (laughs) No, I'm here. I'm just, everything I do is slow right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, No matter how far in advance I try and do things, I just, I never quite get it done fast enough. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. No, it is no problem. I'm glad you texted. I was on my way. I was trying to dial in and get my headset on. So, oh my goodness! Huh? With one, with one hand. Yes, ma'am. The one-handed bandit. That's what we've referred to me as now. <laughs> oh. How is everyone? I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm a little tired. <laughs> Having a little bit too much fun over here. Bit too much fun, which is actually good for me because I I tend to be such a um, well, I don't like to label myself workaholic. I mean, it kind of goes with the territory of being an entrepreneur to have to work a lot. But um, yeah, we I had family come in and we had we threw this big retirement party for my sister. My brother flew in from Wisconsin, and my niece flew in from Georgia with her three babies and her husband. It was like a family reunion. Even though most of us see each other because we live close, but yeah. Oh my God. And then we went to SeaWorld together. Oh, how fun! <laughs> yeah, my sister Trish got us um, free tickets for like ten of us to go. Oh, and, oh my God! It was like okay, I'm the youngest, so imagine they're all older than me, and some of their spouses. We were like a group of fully grown kids at SeaWorld. It was <laughs> so much fun. I mean, my brother, Mister Serious Businessman, um, like take like oh, get in line with me. Take take a picture of me with the, that big whale thing. <laughs> a big stuffed whale like a guy in the in the Shamu costume. Oh, and, cute. Oh my goodness. And then a couple oh one of my other sisters she go we go into the Orca show and she goes, You wanna sit down in front? I brought ponchos. <laughs> a few of us went down in the front and um put on these ponchos. And got completely drenched by the whale show. Oh, my goodness. It's on and on and on. It was so much fun and much, much needed. How nice. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, and there's a roller coaster. A couple of us went and did the roller coaster. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, 
It was very wonderful and healing. And um, we have one sister who's wayward currently. There was that too, but I think everyone is really embracing our togetherness and life because of that, you know? Sure. Kind of interesting. Good. Well, that's good. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Hi, Max. Max, everybody. That's Auntie Cheryl saying hello from North Carolina. Hi, Max. We hear you. We're not ignoring you. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Aw. So how about you? What's going on? And is, um, is Amanda on the call? I'm here. Hi, Amanda. Hello. How are you? I want to go to SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It sounded fun, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was fun. It was super mm-hmm. fun. Oh, God. I, but I got to tell you, like, Everything hurts on me. <laughs> it must have been the mm-hmm. roller coaster that did me in. I don't know, but the roller coaster and having random children handed to me who were, you know, puking or, <laughs> <laughs> or being just like children. Or, oh, yes, man. exactly. Oh, yes. gosh. I, I know. Sometimes I just don't want to be around children who are being just like I mean, I want to be around them, but I don't want to hold them when they're being just like children. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hold them when they're being like angels, you know? And they're mostly like, they're really good kids, but um, oh. I'll tell you, you, just there were just so many excited adults. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Oh, that is cute. That's so cute. Aww. Oh, God. So what's going on with you guys? Um, Amanda, I was sending you some suggestions, which I'm not sure were, um, were resonating with you. So I, uh... Yeah. Um, no, they're, they're great suggestions. Um, I haven't been on Pinterest. I haven't really been online. Um, So this is kind of the year to launch all of that. Um, So yeah, it's just, it it really doesn't feel like, um, part of the frustration is that um, I've been doing all the things that I know how to do. Um, uh-huh. as consistently and perfectly, as Wallace would say, as I know how to. Right. So, um, there's, you know, there's clearly been something else going on because I have, I have more opportunity for business now. Like, I mean, that's really the most infuriating part of the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I probably have enough interested people in my pipeline to do a quarter million this year. Um, so what is it that is 
keeping them from pulling the trigger. Have you ever heard of Jeff Walker? Yeah, the watch formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep, there's there are a few parts of the um that process that I'm I know that I'm uh I am undeveloped in. So there's like some of the what do they call them, like the psychology levers that you have to pull uh-huh. in sales. And uh-huh. um one of them the one that I, I feel like I'm pretty decent at all of them, except for the scarcity one, which is funny, okay. right? Um, Wait, why? You mean in, a, in an ironic way? Yeah, it's hilarious. Why? Um, and it's just because I I don't want people to say yes to something that they're, that's it's not actually, like, I don't want it to be an unconscious um, decision, and and what I know is that when I've done that before, either because I'm I'm not supposed to do it or I haven't done it in a way that's true to me, um, I've worked with I've ended up with clients that I don't like, <laughs> you know, or maybe it's not something about not liking, but um, they they caught there's so much chaos because they're not ready. And and I use the tactic of scarcity to kind of compel them into the process that they're not quite ready for. So it's that balance between, you know, um, being smart about how I'm doing things, but also yeah. really careful with the humans who are coming into my space. And, um, how much um how much of your process is um requires you to be in contact with the client i mean is does do you have have um intimate you know personal contact with every person you work with yes yeah yeah when they're working on their books they do but like I said i'm you know this last year. I developed some online workshops that are still personal contact with me, but different. It's one-to-many instead of one-on-one. And eventually they will get to one-on-one, you know. Um, And, you know, so I I have the model and the ability to work with more, like this challenge that I'm doing kind of blew in my mind um, because because of how I haven't really, like, I mean, a handful of the people I know and have worked with before, right? So I kind of expect them to dive in and be really, like, get a lot out of it, but also be really good model for the rest of the folks, you know? Um of what it means to like get real about your story because they've already worked with me through their story. So um, that's been 
awesome. But then the people who are like new to the group, like once they caught on, they're they're like jumping in. And it's not a whole lot of people who are active, but the ones that are are like, you know, it's showing me what's possible um, without me necessarily being there, putting a whole hell of a lot of time in. Um, so, you know, all these new things emerging, it's just a matter of, like I said, I really, I think that it has more to do with, I mean, because in, you know, 2011, 2010, like, I, I did six figures on accident, you know, I mean, it was like, and, and I did it completely offline. So there's just really, I, I can't say that the online is what's keeping me from reaching my financial goals. It's something underneath. You know, I, I, just, came, I just came across the whole, um, a guy whose whole um, webinar was sort of like the antithesis to, um, you know, build your list, blog, backlinks, guest blog, all that, you know, the whole online, you know, offer, you know, offer low price entry level products and then have tiered pricing. That That's um, an online marketing method that's really popular, but his take on things was you don't have to do all that. And and kind of what you're saying is be more offline, um, but just raise your prices. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. I mean, I had two um, interesting things. So last year I did the seven-day, and the feedback from the seven-day was that I should have charged twice the amount that I did. Mm-hmm. And um and so I raised the price not twice as much but um by a few thousand. And then everything kinda went dead. Like it was impossible to fill anything else. So, you know, that led me to getting creative and figuring out momentum retreats and online stuff and it's been good, you know. Um and I really struggle with like I think it's just, I think there are a few things. One is that I'm clearly not tapped into the right group of people um, just yet. I, I think I'm getting there. Like these women at Nike are kind of closer to what I'm, they're, they're closer to my ideal target market in the sense that money isn't really an issue for them. Um, and they're also pretty driven to get stuff done. So um, I'm kind of, I'm finding my way into that space with the people who are more, I have, like I said, I have a ton of people who want to work with me. It's just, you know, their financial stuff. And to me, that's just a big old reflection of, you know, what's going on for me. So I'm just trying to figure out what is underneath all that. Excuse me. 
think it comes down to, uh, you know, the I've been using this this process that I'm taking everyone through in the challenge. Um, I'm using it for myself with the money, and it is definitely helping me to see things that I didn't imagine were the cause of this whole thing. So, like, when I unraveled it, I saw that there was, there basically two experiences that I have where, and both of them boil down to not really being acknowledged. I'm having a really hard time hearing you, Amanda. Are you Um, on my end? I'm sorry. Um, Thank you. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that um, it seems like it boils down to acknowledgement, and that seems to be kind of a theme right now of my relationship with my husband and my relationship with my husband and his relationship with money and work. And, um, you know, it's, it's like... How many times do I have to say this is what is happening and show him this is what is happening and have him actually, like, hear me and see me um, and the reality of things. And I have, that is just an old story. I have been trying to tell people the truth since I was born. <laughs> and they have looked at me like I'm totally insane. And kind of left me holding the bag. And so um, that's what I, so I got to figure out how to shift. Is the thing. So, you know, and then when I do that, of course, I get to face all of the conversations, all of the conversations that have come up all the times before, like last night, you know, trying to do my bills, I get totally upset. We watch a movie, and I'm, like, you know, just trying to, like, get myself into a better place so I can actually get to sleep, and and then, um, you know, I tell my, and then Ryan's, like, well, what's wrong with you, and why are you mad at me, and I told you I was going to do this, and I'm, like, you know, I, I just don't know how long it's going to take for me to be heard is really what it boils down to. Well, this is the first time hearing of it. No, it's not the first you're hearing of it. <laughs> you know? Like, this is the, this is the uh, spin cycle. Uh, no, this is not the first of it. And then sometimes I feel like I got to, like, like, you know, my grandma used to get, I remember when I used to take her to the doctor's office, she used to get, we'd be in the car and she'd say, I think I'm going to have to cry today. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. The doctor just does not pay attention to me unless I cry. And then and then they do the tests and things that I need. And I was like, what? And so we would walk in, and she would literally make herself hysterical. To the point where she was, like, sobbing. Like, it, it went from an act to reality in front of my eyes. And um, and she got what she wanted. And that is what I have seen my whole life, is people 
getting to the point where they have to just like act completely insane to be seen and heard because they're not doing it right otherwise. And so I don't know what that looks like. So when I get to that point where I feel like I'm being pushed up against the wall and I end up in, you know, like oozing um, the ickies, you know, the resentment and the anger and the, then I get accused of being dramatic like my family. And it's just like, okay, here we are again, back in the spin cycle. <laughs> like, uh, the tears don't work. The rage doesn't work. Like, it's like my little girl trying to act out all of the stuff. So, we'll see. But, I just, I just am ready for it to And you guys are um, you doing talk therapy with someone? Talk therapy? Are um, you a therapist? Yeah. Do you guys see a therapist together? No. No, we don't. I would feel frustrated at not not feeling heard just to acknowledge you. Yeah, yeah I'd be more than frustrated. I would probably be behaving not very nicely. <laughs> I know. I'm tell like, the truth. Why are you being so dramatic? I'm like, this is my nice drama, just so you know. I'm holding back. <laughs> the lady with this the is back. restraint here. This is restraint <laughs> here, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean... I I understand that from all the sides. Like here, you know, here I am in the middle of all this. Look at the potential that I have this year and the frustration of not being able to see the results right now is, you know, like I have all the feelings. So what's wrong with me? That and when I when I sit with those feelings, I can say, you know, like in my meditation today, I'm. Um, Sitting, I was witnessing with my my little girl telling her, like, you're absolutely, you have every right to be scared and angry and all of those things. Like, it really did, it really is true that um, most of the important people in your life completely failed you, completely. And... Um, but, you know, then I I was trying to tell her, like, 
But here's what I know. You know, the 38-year-old version knows that, like, I've seen enough stories. I've, I've seen my own story looking back. I've seen enough stories to know that it's the people that fail, not life, you know? So it's like separating that out. But, but I have all of those tools and all of that information, you know, like I have all that to lean into right now, and it's still fucking hard. So yeah. I look at him with none of that under his belt or to reach for, and I understand. He's terrified of going back into the workforce, and I, I get it, you know? So I'm trying to be human and compassionate and also... Like, yeah, well, I'm scared too, so that's out there. <laughs> or I'm going to dump your ass out there. <sighs> you got to love this. This, I, my um, note from the universe just popped in and said, Life, Amanda. Is not what you see, but what you've projected. It's not what you've felt, but what you've decided. It's not what you've experienced, but how you've remembered it. It's not what you've forged, but what you've allowed. And it's not who has appeared, but who you've summoned. all changing, you know. I know, but the intensity is just a sign that I'm onto something. It sucks to go through. Yesterday was super fun with the TV show and the you know, I yeah, how did that go? How did that go? It was so fun. You know, I mean, I was just during Ursula's just trying to, like, figure it out and make sure everything was right and, you know, all the stuff. But, um, you what? And then I, I, my intro was wrong. I, like, used the wrong terms. I got to re-record that. And then we had to re-record the end because her son popped in <laughs> to the office and she was mortified. He's like, oh my god, this is your very first show. <laughs> and then, um, but it was like perfect timing, you know? I can't make that stuff up. Like, I had just asked her um, what her what her growing edge is with mindfulness. Like, where does she have to practice a lot of it? And I was just getting ready to ask her, like, how do you, like, what are your practices? And he popped in. I mean, it was it was like what we're talking about, you know? Set our intention, we try to do stuff, and then a little bit of chaos emerges. Pretty funny. And the same thing happened in my second one. I was hanging out with Elisa. Um, and, and honestly, like, I wasn't sure how that one was going to go. I knew that I needed I knew that I knew needed to interview her because she's such a pivotal part of my story, but she's also quite the character. Um, and 
I just wasn't, like, you know, it was one of those, like, who knows how this is going to go. Um, and it was so good. But also, her phone started ringing, even though she had it completely unhooked. <laughs> she held it up on the video. She's like, look, there are no wires. <laughs> like, well, maybe this is just going to be the nature of, you know, like, I mean, because it's just what we're talking about, right? Being mindful. Like, here you are doing the thing. And there's just the shit that happens. It's just it's what happens. <laughs> anyway, it was it was fun, though. And um, I have I have some obvious kinks to work out, but it's going to be a fun thing. Nice. And I'm, I missed the people. Who did you, Ursula? Is that who you interviewed? Yeah, I, I interviewed Ursula, which was rad uh, because you know, Ursula is so funny. She's like, anytime she has me in, next to her, and actually she does this even when I'm not around. But she's just always promoting me. Like, Ursula, I'm interviewing you to talk about you and how awesome you are. Like, thank you for selling me, but <laughs> like, I'm trying to bring her back. Um, and um, and so it was Ursula and then Elisa. And Elisa is, you know, whenever I tell my story, I talk about the mentor whose book I was reading and the one who asked me, what value do you have to give to the world today? And just like broke me, like in the best way possible with the powerful questions, that was her. And so um, she's the one that I did writing instructions. Like she taught me how to do writing instruction online. And um, she's just the best educator I've ever met. So it was cool because, you know, we talked about her life and education and how she had to practice mindfulness and what that meant in interpersonal reactions with the kids and the parents and the admin. I thought it was really, really surprisingly um, amazing. She's a, she's a fantastic storyteller, so it was good. She's just a, she's just a quirky, like, you know how there are people who on the continuum of smart, you know, and like some of them are so smart that you have to make a lot of allowances for how they connect with you. <laughs> you know, like, um, they just are missing some of the, oh, God, I don't know how to say it. It's like things are just obvious to them and should be obvious to everybody else, you know, and they're not always obvious, and so she kind of has that, unless she's with kids, and then she, you know, she brings herself to their level. So I was I was planning on being the translator. I didn't have to be, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, I think it'll be a really good thing. Really cool way to um, tell my story. Um, you know, like with tell my story, but also really acknowledge and honor the the characters that have been placed on my path to help me, what they've taught me, and so. and then also to promote them because they're both 
they're just amazing. Sorry, I'm having some kind of telephone malfunction over here. Uh-oh. You keep launching me off the call. So I basically missed most of everything you just said right after I asked you the question, but I'll go back and listen to the recording if it's still there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, funny. Oh, my gosh. So Ursula and who else? Elisa. Elisa is the one in my story that asked me the question, what value do you have to give to the world today? Oh, so yeah. She's the, okay. she's the one who really got the whole journey started with that question. Nice. And, um, she taught me how to do online writing instruction and, you know, just a really, really key character in my life. But not exactly a, a messenger of sorts, so I wasn't sure how it was going to go. You know, yeah, but it ended up going really well. Okay, really we had a good time. Oh, good. Did you guys yeah. get knocked? Did you guys get knocked off the call? Yes, yeah, <laughs> I did. That's awesome. I was sitting here talking to myself. You guys, you can't make this shit up. Like, how? What did I just say about how? What my experience is? <laughs> I'm sitting here talking about myself. Just so that you guys know and believe that what I'm saying is true, that this is the reality that I have been creating for myself, you're going to get popped off of the call so that I can't be hurt. <laughs> well, and so it's so it's self-acknowledgement, right? you got to, like, witness yourself. Witness yourself. Acknowledge yourself. Honor yourself, you know? Oh, my not that, God. Not that we don't also, but... You know, you can't make that shit up. That's too funny. That is funny. Or the energy or something. Yeah. <laughs> Our dance trying to stay connected to God maybe is more what it is. Mm. Yeah. Well, I like these two chapters. Me too. Yeah, I like these two chapters. I thought there was good stuff in it. Good, good juju in these two chapters. And which two chapters? Which one? Two chapters. Our chapters for this week, chapter eight and chapter nine. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I have a very hungry cat. <laughs> yeah. I liked um let's see here. Let me find this part here. Um, Yeah, it's like towards the end of the first page in my book. Our Father, give us, that is the prayer of the advancing life. This declaration and prayer are in unison with the mind of nature. The man who so declares and so prays 
is mentally one with all that lives. God, nature, and man, and this is the at-one-ment. To be mentally one with the mind of things makes you able to register your thoughts on that mind and your desires as well. When you desire a thing and your mind and the mind of things are one, that thing will desire you and will move toward you. If you desire dollars and your mind is one with a mind that pervades dollars and all things else, dollars will be permeated with a desire to come to you and they will move toward you, impelled by the eternal power which makes for more abundant life. To obtain what you want, you only need to establish your own at-one-ment with the mind of things, and they will be drawn toward you. Well, okay then. You know what this makes me think of, Amanda, with what you were just talking about? Like you got real clear about like the acknowledgement piece and the things that are going on and the like the not being heard thing. Yeah. And it's and it's like the more clarity you got around that for yourself, the more the universe is almost like saying back to you, You're on to something here, honey. You're on to something here, honey. You know, like it keep you know what I mean? Like and it's showing up in almost like humorous ways, like on this call today, like, you know. We absolutely want to support you, acknowledge you. We do acknowledge you. We want to hear what you had to say. Like, you know, that's why I was like, Amanda, I can hardly hear you because, like, I want to hear what you're saying, you know. And so, like, how, how much is the universe letting us have a sense of ease around a topic that can be, you know, difficult? And so it's almost like the universe is letting us hold space for you and play along with you around, yeah, we're giving you reinforcement. You're onto something here, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. Like, it's not like you're making it up. Right? Right. So, you know, like you're getting more and more clear on it. And the universe is, you know, giving you the feedback that your clarity is on the mark. And so, you know, so now how can we support you to, you know, be in acknowledgement of yourself and then hold that space so that energy can shift. So, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of just, you know, me taking responsibility for it being my story, you know, mm. like I did with Ryan last night. Like, you know, the way he is perceiving it is that it's my, you know, that I'm taking it out on him. The reality is I'm just frustrated because this is my freaking story. And yes, I want to be heard. Sure. And also, he has the side of the dance that he does in that story, so he doesn't get a pass. 
right? Like just for whatever that's worth. Like Yeah, you know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, how to how to do both at the same time. You know? I mean, yeah. really is that's what it is. It's like how do I, you know, say this is, you know, how do I make sure that I'm hurt and then also not you know, hold him to what he said he's going to do, which was essentially like, and what's funny is it's almost like he thinks that I, like, that I don't hear him, you know? Like, actually, babe, you said that you were going to go do this today and you haven't done it, and yes, that's why I'm angry. <laughs> you know, I'm actually listening to you. <laughs> You're listening to me. <laughs> Uh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like the um the next section in this same chapter where I like how he talks about the competitive thing in here because he talks about it in a little bit different, with a little bit different, like, English on it. It will be plainly seen that the divine mind cannot be brought into action in the field of purely competitive business. God cannot be divided against himself. He cannot be made to take from one and give to another. He will not decrease one man's opportunity to advance in life, he will not decrease one man's opportunity to advance in life in order to increase another man's opportunity to advance in life. He is no respecter of persons and has no favorites. He is equally in all, equally for all, and at the service of all alike. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has no favorites. Thank God. Literally, thank God. Mm-hmm. And then I love this, this one little line. It's like a page and a half later. No good thing will be withheld from you. Yeah. You're... Your unity with the evolutionary power, with the purpose of nature, will be such that you will receive all that nature has to give, because you will do always the will of God. All things are yours, and you need to compete with no one. But you must bear in mind that your wants are impressed on the divine mind only by your faith. A doubt cuts the connection. Anxiety and fear cut the connection. Yeah, that's been a dilemma for me. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm trying to, because it's acknowledgement, right? I feel a little, like, back and forth about that. I, I absolutely understand what he's saying, but I, and I'm also, like, if I don't acknowledge that stuff, it's not going to go away. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, I, You know what? I just kind of got this thing of like, 
like in the program, we talk about um, being willing to be willing. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like I remember my sponsor asked me, like if I was willing to pray for somebody that I had a resentment towards. And I said, you know, what? I, this was years ago. And I was like, no. And she said, well, are you willing to be willing? And I was like, mm, maybe. And she <laughs> said, well, can you, can you pray to be willing to be willing? And I was like, well, yeah, I can pray to be willing to be willing. So it was like willing twice removed, you know. Yeah. And so I'm, so I'm, I just, I'm just sitting here wondering. I wonder if this would work for us. Like, if we said, you know what, God, God, I'm acknowledging that I have like this doubt, and I'm acknowledging that I'm having fear and anxiety, but I'm willing to let go of that. Can you help me? You know what I mean? Like, so acknowledge it, but be willing to outgrow it. I'm going to try that for myself. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to try that for myself because then I'm like living in the reality, but I'm willing to like grow into a greater space with it. And I'm having faith that God can, I'm having enough faith that I can turn it over to God and we can figure out something. So maybe that amount of faith will be enough to keep the train a chugging. You know what I mean? Because that still keeps me in a place of faith instead of totally in a place of fear and doubt. At, at least it keeps the faith energy alive in the middle of my doubt. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, I had this whole little section here underlined because I was like, ooh, there's a lot of there's a lot of juice right there. Uh-huh. I know these last two chapters I pretty much have like most of them outlined. <laughs> I know it's like really like there's a lot in here. Exactly as you are in the matter of impressing your own subconscious mind, so you are in the matter of impressing the mind of things. Your affirmations fall flat unless they are made with the dynamic power of absolute faith. The mind of things will not act positively for doubt and hesitancy. So, yeah, I'm wondering if that could be the way out for me is to be able to, you know, acknowledge that I'm having those things, but then tell God that I have faith that he can, he, she, they, whatever can help me grow past it, grow from it, use it as a springboard to expand my faith. Yeah. So I'll report back. Okay. On how it goes, but that's my two cents worth for how I'm going to deal with that because I know that that is something that causes me some consternation as I go through this stuff and I know I get, you know, I can get, doubt and anxiety and fear and so yeah and I don't you know so much of what I've learned is that it's not good to just ignore all of that you know I can't right so yeah I have been doing that like okay I'm gonna give myself like 15 minutes of just you know, allowing myself to be, to to listen to myself and be like, yeah, this is scary or this 
um, and just be real about that. And then, okay, you know, back to work. <laughs> you know, back to back to the reality of what I know. You know, I'm gonna keep keep doing what I gotta do. Yeah. And faith. You know, if I if I didn't believe, I would stop. Right. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I mean. I would do a lot more than that, but I would stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's because uh, otherwise, if we didn't have faith, why even bother keeping working, right? Just stick a fork in us. We're done. Exactly. So, yeah, I think you're you're really correct about that. And then there's this next, like, two paragraphs further. We cannot walk and work with God and distrust him at the same time. If you feel distrust, you impress the mind of things with distrust of you. And things will move away from you rather than toward you. That's, like, big. Yeah, that that hurt me a little when I read it. Because if you feel distrust, you impress the mind of things with distrust of you. Like, that was the part that I was like, oh, shoot. That never (laughs) occurred to me before. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) But, you know, I mean, that's what it came down to this morning with me, too, is like, I don't, I have good reasons not to trust, you know, and, and. I have to be honest about that, that I was conditioned to, you know, realize, to believe that, like, people were just going to really, like, just fail me, you know? Yeah. And I've projected that um, to, uh, you know, I projected that at God. And that was the thing that I was doing this morning is, like, well, I have so much fucking evidence that none of that is true. You know, like, like Ursula was talking about that yesterday. You know, one of the things that she talked about in that episode was about um, how to start shifting a belief. And one of the first things that she has people do is start writing down all of the reasons that it's not true, all the evidence that we have that it's not true. Well, that's a good practice. And it was. You know, I I I was sort of thinking about that today. Like even when I'm saying things like, um, you know, nobody's pulling the trigger. Well, that's actually not true. I had a few people pull the trigger on this program and that program. It's just not to the degree that I perceive that I need it to be. But people are taking action. Yeah. You know, and so it's like okay, so I have to like kill that belief. <laughs> Be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I said, I I just have, I have so much evidence that it's not true. I mean, that's the whole point of what I'm doing with people, right? It's like, look at the grace that happens in our story. And we only usually look back and see the bullshit. You know, we usually only see pain, and there's just all of this other stuff that happened that is amazing. It's, it's such divine support. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I have to tell you, this week has been totally a week of, like, I don't even know what. I I have, I don't know. Problem is, I got, I, my words are all screwy in my head. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm having a hard time putting, you know, getting my words together. So, um, I'm glad to have this book because I can just refer to his words. <laughs> I have to try and come up with my own. Every once in a while, I'll look at my daughter and I'll be trying to say something to her and I'll just go words because, you know, um, there's words. I'm trying to say words. I don't know what they are, but they're in there. I know what I mean to say, but what I mean to say and what I can kind of try and pull together with my, you know. Oh, my God, that's funny. Crazy brain is just words. So she, she started doing the same. She's so tired that she's having the same problem. So we're so exhausted because we're having to get up and take medicine every four hours because of the, because um, I was so sick that they were asking me to stay ahead of everything. So I'm having to take this nausea medicine. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm just, it's just become a huge pain in the butt. But um, by the same token, I'm joyfully doing this getting up every four hours pain in the butt thing because anything, anything is better than feeling the way I felt last Thursday. Anything that they are going to have me do while I'm in the comfort of my own home is better than having them stuff an IV in my arm and open it full bore through three bags. So I was so loaded with, I don't even know how many different medications because they were trying to antidote and counteract that experience so um i've never felt so grateful to feel like a normal sick person instead of a really sick person in my entire life i mean i cannot even t- i i can't i was like you know what i'm i'm feeling grateful to go back to feeling like a person with a broken wrist now <laughs> <laughs> by comparison it's i'll take it so oy, oy, oy. but um yeah so this thing of um, this thing right here, the requirements for non-competitive success are very simple. First, desire for everybody what you desire for yourself, and be sure to take nothing from anybody without giving a full equivalent in life. And the more you give, the better for you. Everything that comes to you then will mean more life to someone else. Each gain you make will add to the wealth of someone else. What you get for yourself, life, you get for all. Your success adds to the life, health, wealth, and happiness of all. But someone says, wherein does this differ from competition after all? Are you not still competing with those in the same line of business? No, what you gain will not come from the limited supply for which others are struggling, but from the whole. And when I read whole, I read that as unlimited supply. That's the interpretation I make in my mind. So I I had a I have had an interesting experience with my mom here this week. So oh, yeah. I feel like I want to check. I want. I feel like I want to check in with Ellen. Ellen, are you still here? Yes, I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. I just didn't know if we lost you. I didn't want to leave you out of the 
conversation. <laughs> Thank you. I'm listening. Um, so <clears throat> you guys know I've had a little bit of a, you know, up and down road with my mom over the past 20 years. Um, and so, you know, I made amends to her, I don't know, a handful of years ago, I guess. And, um, and you know, really just got focused on what kind of daughter did I want to be regardless of anything else. And so, um, and so when I got, you know, when I was having the surgery and I was, you know, and I just saw how tired Allie was, I, I, you know, my mom said, do you want me to come? And I said, well, you know, let me kind of see how we do. And maybe you could come help out after the surgery. And so um, when I saw how tired Allie was, I, I called her and I said, you know what, if you would be willing to come, it would be really helpful to me and it would be really helpful to Allie too. And, and my mom said, well, it would be really helpful to me too, because I don't like being this far away when I know you're going through that. And, um, so that was like a little ding, ding, ding moment for me that realizing that it was actually going to be helpful to my mom for her to be here. I don't know. I guess I just didn't. And I mean, I know for me with my kids, it would be because I'd rather be with them than far away because I can see what's happening. And I just feel more peaceful if I'm there than if I'm not. And so, but I just, I don't know why I didn't kind of view it that way with my mom. So when she said that, I was like, oh, like she actually really wants to be here. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, and so she came and then she got here and with three hours, within three hours of her arriving is when I actually took a turn for the worst and it got real bad. And so I was so glad she was here because I'm telling you, she slayed dragons at the hospital. She basically, she did everything short of physically grabbing the triage nurse by the collar and saying, get my daughter off fucking bed. So I mean, she was like, <laughs> you're going to get her back in that room. You're going to get her a bed. You are going to get her seen by a doctor. You know, my mother said, if anything happens to my daughter, I swear to God, you will not be happy about it because you will never live it down. I will make your life hell. She was like, she was, my mother was like unhinged because I was so sick. And, um, and so, and the, the doctor was wonderful. The nurse was wonderful. And, you know, and so we're in, we're, coming home the other day and I was just, you know, after the appointment and, you know, and I, I just, I thanked my mom and I told her I was so grateful to her for being there and, you know, and, you know, and Allie said the same thing and, you know, and my mom just started crying and she said, you know, it's a terrible reason for me to have to be here, but she said, it's been a long time since I have felt this close to you. And so it's a terrible reason for me to have to be here for you to have to be going through this. But the fact that I could actually come here and be your mom is a very nice feeling. And I have enjoyed being able to come and mother you. And I was like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Like, it was so touching. You know, it was like so touching and she was so vulnerable and she, you know, so she's crying, I'm crying, Allie's crying, like we're all, you know, crying and then she reaches over to Allie and, you know, and she said, and I'm really glad I got to spend time with my granddaughter. She said, you know, even though it wasn't easy for us to have to go through all this, she said, you know, I'd rather be here doing this than anywhere else right now. There's nowhere else on earth I'd rather be right now. And... I was just so touched. I mean, it was just so, 
you know, it doesn't seem like a big thing, but for the level, but for the road, the bumpy road my mom and I have traveled, you know, it just makes me cry right now, but like tears of like gratitude and feeling tenderhearted and, you know, like loved really basically is what it amounts to. Like just on a cellular level, feeling her love for me in the way that she can express it. And it's not like she had a personality transplant. She's still oppositional. She's still difficult to deal with. She's still, you know, (laughs) totally self-absorbed and self-centered. It's not, I'm not, you know, living in some fantasy land. And also it's this other beautiful thing. And, you know, which has really been my lesson the past couple of years is, is the idea of, and people can be super wonderful and also really troubled. You know, people can be really supportive and also really disconnected and thoughtless, like, which, you know, is my family. My family is a family of extremes, always has been, you know. And so my mom is sitting here at the house and, you know, I like still basically have like no furniture around here. And so, um, so she sent Allie to the store to buy a futon bed. So Allie would have something to sleep on because my mom's sleeping in the guest room. Um, you know, and, and so, and so Allie went and got it and some friends, some of my friends from AA came over and helped Allie unload it. We set it up in the living room and used it as a couch, but Allie never slept on it once because she's sleeping on the floor at the end of my bed because she's so scared that something's going to happen to me again, that she won't sleep anywhere other than in the same room as me. So, um, (laughs) so my mom and Allie leave here the other day to go ostensibly to go get a manicure. My dad came over and babysat me. And um, and they went out and looked at a bunch of living room furniture and picked out a bunch of things and sent me a bunch of pictures. And so they drove me to Raleigh yesterday and had me sit on the couch that they thought was the one that I would like. And when I said, yeah, I liked it. And my mom had the salesperson there and she had this whole little setup laid out. So she my mom said, you know, I've been waiting for years to be able to do something for you, but there's never anything I can do for you because you never seem to want anything. You never ask for anything. There never seems to be, she's like, you're, you're not, you're not that kind of a kid. You never ask me to do anything for you. And she said, and then I look around you and I think there's gotta be something I can do for her, but I don't know what it would look like. And so, you know, so we're at the furniture store and she and my mom just starts asking do you like this do you like this do you like this she she's filled my whole living room and my dining room Aww. like sectional ottoman end table lamp pillows uh dining room table chairs a bit, piece of artwork that i like to hang over the fireplace like the whole she picked out the the whole thing, beautiful high pile rug, and she's like, you know what, honey, I've been waiting forever to get to do something for you. And she said, I can't tell you how much joy it gives me to be able to do this because you never asked me for anything. And I just always have wanted to do something for you, but I didn't know what to do and I when I got here this time I finally realized I knew what to do 
And I said, Mom, it is a lot. And she said, it isn't a lot. She said, trust me. It isn't a lot. It's nothing compared to what I would want to do for you. This is, this, you have no idea how much joy it gives me to do this for you. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of in the space of like putting myself in the space of it makes me feel good to do things for my kids. And so it's no different for my mom. I swear to God, she was like a little kid at Christmas. <laughs> She was like a, totally like a little kid at Christmas. I think she had more fun going and buying this stuff than, you know, I was I was like totally overwhelmed and still totally emotionally overwhelmed. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's the thing in this book about um, what we were just reading about the. Each gain you make, and this isn't necessarily gained by me like, you know, working a job, which is a whole other thing for me is, you know, all this stuff coming to me and gifts, just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but the universe is in charge of that, I guess. Um, each gain you make will add to the wealth of someone else. What you get for yourself, life, you get for all. And you know what I realized is for my mom, for her, the use value, the giving value was so much greater than the money she spent. For me, the use value of the things for the money she spent will be extraordinary because the stuff is beautiful and it's like my dream living room set. And the person that helped us at the store, like it's contributing to her household. My mother just contributed to her household. And I think that's part of what I realized is by receiving and letting not pushing that gift away that my mom wanted to give me, my mom got to actually contribute to somebody else's household. And by me accepting the gift, I got to play my part in that person being able to receive abundance in her household for the sale. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't feel like I'm explaining it very well. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's making sense. And so it was, it felt, just felt like this whole little, like, I don't know. And my mom has done plenty of things for me across my life. So, you know, her saying, you know, she never gets to do anything for me. I'm not really sure about that, but, you know, I guess it's how she feels. I shouldn't try and talk her out of it. So it was a very, um, my mom just started crying and she gave me a big hug and she said, you will never know how much joy doing this because we I mean you know we were there what maybe an hour and a half she said you will never know how much joy this hour and a half has given me and every time I come to your house I'm going to be able to walk into your house and see how happy you are in the beautiful things that are in your house and that's going to make me happy every single time And she said, in knowing that when you sit on your couch, you'll think of me, makes me happy to know that you're thinking of me too. It was was very overwhelming in a good way, like a touching overwhelming. So, I mean, holy cow. So it was, it was a, yesterday was a, 
I was having a hard time breathing yesterday. <laughs> in what so, way? Um, in, it, w- it felt like a lot of abundance to take in. I felt like I was getting, that's going to sound so crazy, but I felt like I was getting sprayed with a, with a fire hose of abundance. And I was trying to catch my breath while the fire hose was happening. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I do. Learning was a lot. Learning how to graciously receive. Yes, which it turns out I have an underdeveloped muscle in that area. Hmm. Not that I haven't been blessed with a lot of things, but being able to ride the wave of being a welcoming receiver without feeling like I don't deserve it or I haven't earned it or it doesn't really belong to me or, you know, like it's charity or I don't know. There's a whole, I got a ton of tapes running around about it. And so I I got to see all of that yesterday and just go, (laughs) oh, you got a lot of tapes running about this receiving business. So, yeah. So it was, so as I was reading these chapters, I was actually thinking about, you know, the experience I've been having and then reading these chapters and just feeling like I'm experiencing it just in a different way. It's just in a totally different package. So much of, I feel like, my receiving in the last year has been in a completely different package than what I expected it to come in. And it's definitely, you know, it's not been a straight line kind of a thing. So, and I I underlined this. Yeah, it's something, right? I can't get over it. I know, right? Thank you, because that's how I feel, too. How how do you feel? Like I can't quite get over it. Like it's, yeah. I mean, all you mean because you're amazed or? Yeah. Yeah, in amazement, okay. Yeah. Like prayerful grateful uh, in like you know we use the word awesome all the time like oh that's awesome that's awesome but mm-hmm. like i'm thinking of it like if i divided it into two words like awesome like the like i'm in awe of the my mother's generosity basically and not that not that I don't think my mother is a generous person. I do. I just it's just Well, it's so different than how I mean, like you said, she's helped you over the years, but the the arc of your relationship with her has not has been the opposite of that. You felt yeah. very unseen and unsupported and uncared for so for her to show up like that is just like 
makes me cry. Yeah, yeah, fire hose situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting yeah. to me that uh, I think it was last week we were talking about um, words and that power and the impact of words. And you had said, if you don't mind me reflecting back to you. Sure. Um, you were staring down the barrel of something. And isn't it interesting that what shot out of that barrel was love and support? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty amazing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm trying to stay out of the, like, deserve, don't deserve camp because it's not about me deserving or not deserving. It's about, you know, what somebody else was gifting. So, you know, it wasn't about me earning or deserving or whatever. It was about, you know, an expression of love, a mother to her daughter. You know? We don't have to earn love. It just is. But I can get into that trap, you know? But I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Like, I could hear all that shit running yesterday when I was having the experience. And I was just, I was really, like, acknowledging that I felt that way and then wanting to move past it to be in the experience of having that free flow of love back and forth between my mom and I, which we were able to be in, which was really lovely. So, yeah, thank you for saying that, Ellen. Yeah, I think, you know, what what was the phrase, staring down the barrel or something? Yeah. <clears throat> I, think I, was af- I think I was afraid it was going to be a bullet that was coming back out. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise, it's a futon. <laughs> <laughs> and a house full of furniture. And a house full of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> it was the funniest thing because I was like, okay, you know, the futon. I was like, you know, because I was like, I'd looked at that futon and I thought about buying that futon and I was like, oh, look, you know, like the universe delivered the futon, like, literally right to my living room. Like, literally right to my living room. <laughs> and I was laughing this morning because I was like, I was like, that was that was like a bait and switch. Like, God was getting me distracted with a futon. That was the warm-up. That was the hors d'oeuvre. It's like, yeah, honey, I know you wanted the futon, but you also wanted this other furniture. So, you know, apparently your mom thinks you should have both. So I just was having a good laugh that I I felt like my mom and God were like having some great little divine, you know, telling secrets in a good way. So, yeah. So it's been a lot of feels in the past seven days, a very lot of feels.
Me too. A lot of feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good feels. Yeah. And I ha- and the last thing I'll share about the topic is so last night was like the the end of the energy of you know like the fifteenth was the last day of the cycle and so like to end the energy of twenty seventeen because today the sixteenth is really when the new energy of the new year is fully enforced and so there was things that I wanted to release which I did. I decided I was going to do my release ceremony last night because I committed to myself I was going to get it done before the 16th. And so when I was sitting there, and, you know, my mom believes in quite a bit of the hippie-dippie woo-woo stuff that I do. And so I was sitting there, and I got out my pad and paper, and my mom and my daughter and I were all, like, having a, we call it a bed party. We were all laying on the bed together, just having a bed party, like, lazing around, just laughing and you know, adding. And so I told him I was going to do my my release ceremony because today was the last day. And so my mom said, well, what is that? And so I told her. And I told her, you know, I want to write down a handful of things that, you know, I really, really don't want to carry with me from 2017 into 2018. And so I told her I was going to do it and then I was going to burn them. And so she's like, oh, I want to do that. And so she wrote, so she picked a few things that she wanted to release, and then my daughter did. And so the three of us together did this whole little ceremony. We all wrote our things down, and then we got the fire starter, and you know we tore up, you know we tore it so that it was just one one little nub of paper per thing per person. And so we just went around the circle, and each burned one, while the other two held space and witness until that one burned up. And then the next person went and burned their next thing. And we did that until everybody was gone. And it was really sweet. It was really sweet to get to share that with my mom. And she was, like, totally excited to participate in it. Amazing. I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> the Twilight Zone. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. So honestly, I felt like, you know, whatever. I, I, when the end of 2017 happened and the, I broke my wrist and all that stuff was going on, I was just like, oi, oi, oi. And I thought, okay, you know what? Let's not make, let's not get fatalistic about 2018. Let's just hold that 2018 is still going to be a beautiful year. So what I did is I got into this place of being grateful that the break happened in 2017. So it was a part of the ending of 2017. And so I put it in that pocket. I put it in the 2017 pocket and said, this is something that happened that ended 2017 and put a period on 2017. So all I'm doing in 2018 is growing forward from 2017 because I didn't want to take the energy of all the wretchedness of the break. And then all the stuff happened with the, you know, getting sick and all that. And But when I looked at the calendar, I was like, oh, it's not the 16th yet. So I'm still in the energy of 2017. It's okay. Like, I was playing this trick on myself. But so, um, so yeah, I felt like last night was a great way to, like, share with my mom, like, putting an end to 2017 and, like, 
the whole thing, it just was, it just felt like divine right order. So having that little, you know, ceremony and having my mom participate with me and my daughter was, I thought, you know what, what a beautiful thing. And she was, she was so cute. She was like a little kid. She was so excited to do it with us, like to be included and to get to do it with us. And to, you know, to be in the circle with us was really sweet to see. It was so sweet to see. And, yeah, it was, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And this last, um, this is paragraph right at the end of this chapter, the mind of things reaches beyond the coined cash into the gold and silver lying in the hearts of the hills. And it will all begin to move forward when it is called for by the prayer of faith. I just like that phrase, the prayer of faith. And I feel like in so many ways, we, this, our little tribe here of three, we have been holding on to the prayer of faith with our little group here. And I don't know. You guys were there in the ceremony last night. I don't quite know how to say it, but when we were doing it, I thought of the two of you and I thought, I couldn't wait to tell you guys mm-hmm. about this little, you know, yeah. this little moment I had with my mom doing my hippy-dippy spiritual woo-woo stuff and her being right in the middle of it and being like a little kid having fun with it with us. If you guys could have seen her, you would have. Yeah. That was amazing. It was touching. It was very touching. That's beautiful. turned into a total sap. I bet you did. I would have. (sighs) Yeah. You know, this very last chapter, the talk that builds is really short, but man, he does not mince words. Like, Intellectual laziness is what keeps the masses down. Those who work hard and willingly in other ways shrink from the effort of sustained and consecutive thinking and because they let other people do their thinking for them, they are slaves. I was like, whoa, he is throwing down. Mm -hmm. The masses will be wage slaves as long as the five-cent theaters are crowded and the public libraries deserted. I tell you this because I want to make plain to you the futility of talking about poverty. Talking about poverty and adverse conditions will only lead people to run to the cheap shows and to try in other ways to drown their miseries in temporary pleasures. No sure way to keep the masses poor can be devised and to continually write and talk about their poverty. Talk about the good time coming. The good time is coming and with 
rapidity of its coming is in exact proportion of the number of people who think about it and talk about it. If you can inspire one person to go to work for the coming city, you have done more good than you can by sending 10 people out with slaves and plasterers to relieve existing distress. The masses are not in bondage to anything but ignorance and intellectual laziness. They can have what they will if they will begin to think. And the way to make them think is to talk wealth. That is the philosophy for the mass. Talk about the happy times you had in your youth and forget all the unhappy times. If you worked hard for nothing, you were a chump. And you should not advertise yourself as a chump. Oh, do not tell how hard you used to work and how little you got for it. If you worked hard for nothing, you were a chump. And you should not advertise (laughs) yourself as a chump. Tell of the good work you have done and of the good wages you got for it. Then you are advertising yourself as a competent person who can earn good wages. Don't talk poverty in any way. Don't refer to it as existing. Talk wealth. The end. There's a book for you. <laughs> he means serious business in that last chapter. I was like, wow. Nothing like taking out the Glock, Wallace. Sure. Did you just make another gun reference? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm visual. It paints pictures. Uh, I use all kinds well, of things. No, whatever, just, whatever works mm, for you. It's just so mm, violent. It strikes me as so violent. Mm, but that's, I mean, I'm just not around people in a... Well, I actually, my sister's family, they're, they're gun people. I'm not a gun person. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't own them. I I don't. I don't have much of a relationship with them other than I, I mean I've shot guns and it's it's been an it was an empowering experience for me actually to you know and I did it specifically because I had been on the wrong side of a gun and I didn't like that experience and so I wanted to create a new experience for myself around guns so I went and learned mm-hmm. how to shoot them so that I could feel like I was in control of the gun and empowered by them as opposed to a victim of them. That makes so, sense. Yeah, which was a satisfying experience for me, actually. And it really did change my brain chemistry around guns, and it neutralized the good or bad nature of them. And just now I just view them as a thing. They're just a thing, you know, like a cup or grass or, you know, a chair. It's just a thing. So not any more more or less powerful than a, a knife or a cup. They're just all in the same, you know, they're just things. People can do things with them, but so. Well, does anybody have anything else out of the chapters that struck them? I think you nailed all of mine. Those are all the same ones that I 
identifying. I think I finally read the right chapters this week. <laughs> Helen, you are so cute. Well, we got so off track that who could keep track? Uh, so. Uh, well, do you guys want to continue on with our studies of Wallace's stuff? Yes, please. All right. Do you want to um, redo these two books we just did, or do you want to go back to the original SOGR for 12 weeks and then do these again, or what do you think? Anybody have an opinion? I do. I think um, for me, I think I'd like to go through these again. Um, the, you know, the thought being that it was new, and I'd just like to go through it again right away. You know, rather than waiting and come back to it, mm-hmm. so that it can get more deeply impressed upon my mind. Cool. Amanda, any opinion one way or the other? Yeah, I'm good with that, too. I, yep, I've been, me too. Uh, yeah, in my morning reading, I'm just kind of, like, soaking it in repeatedly. Like, I'm just kind of going through all three of them over and over again. So I'm happy to do that. Okay. Cool. Well, then I'll put together a schedule of what chapters when. I'll redo it, and I'll send it out as a calendar invite like I did this one. So it'll have what chapters on what dates and stuff like that. That's so helpful. I really appreciate you doing that. Okay. I will do that again then. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, uh, really, really helpful. Okay. I will do that, and I'll get it sent out. And then same day, same time. In that channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Me. Sounds good. Okay. And I'm going to. Um, I'm just going to keep it on the same um, call-in number and pin because it makes it easy. Yeah. Great. So. Okay. Okay. Good. Cool. All right, ladies. Well, thank you for being a part of my tribe. Yeah, thanks for keeping us organized. Happy to do it. It's good for me. So, all right, girlies. I will talk to you guys next week for sure, and I'm positive also in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, have a great week, you guys. Okay, okay. I'll talk to you later. You thanks. Bye. Bye.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 